Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag, answering your questions with our friend Glenn Naughton, the editor over at JetNation.com and host of Jet Nation Radio. So let's jump right back into the mailbag, and we'll start with Gus Toon, who asks, If Aaron Rodgers were to come in for two to three seasons, what would happen with Zach Wilson? It's a nice pipe dream that he gets mentored by his hero Aaron Rodgers and the lights eventually come on, but that could be his fifth year. Could this realistically happen? I'm trying not to go insane here. Could it happen? Sure. Will it happen? Probably not. I can't think of another instance where a guy struggled as much as Zach Wilson did. A veteran quarterback came in and was able to find a way to completely turn the guy around. The closest I can think of, and it wasn't a player, it was a coach, was Jim Harbaugh with Alex Smith and the 49ers. But again, we're talking about a coach, not a veteran quarterback. Like I said, it's not impossible, but I can't see any precedent for it happening. And as you said, Gus, if it did happen, let's say Rodgers was here for two years, the Jets would have already had to make a decision on that fifth-year option. They can't pick up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option based on what they've seen so far because it would be close to $20 million. So I don't really know what they would do because it would be his fifth year, and by that point, he'd be a free agent. So it's a tough scenario either way. Even in the very best case, which we already said is highly unlikely to happen, I don't even know what the Jets would do because by the time Zach Wilson would be ready to play, he'd be a free agent. The only thing I could think of is he'd have to work out some sort of deal with them, maybe on a one-year prove-it contract, but there might be other teams interested. Who knows? All I'm saying is you called it a pipe dream, Gus, and that's probably exactly what it is. We would all love for this to be how it plays out, but I can't really see a realistic scenario where this would happen. Yeah, I think, uh, and that's a great question from Gus, and it's, it, it really would put the Jets in a spot where, again, they, they'll they have to make that decision with in a perfect world, not seeing much of Zach Wilson at all um, on the field on game day. So Aaron Rodgers comes in, mentors him. like that. That's the ideal scenario in that, you know, that might be the one guy Zach Wilson isn't going to be, you know, isn't going to sort of uh, tip the pram over, as they say in the UK, right? Or, or throw his toys out of his pram and, and have a tantrum over the fact that another quarterback's come in. It's his idol. It's the guy he watched growing up. He's going to learn from him. That's all ideal stuff. But when you run up against that that fifth-year option, do you pick that up? It Basically, 
it, it is a pipe dream in the sense that the Jets would have to see enough from Zach Wilson, not pl- not taking a lot of game day snaps, ideally, and but seeing enough in practice to say, let's take a one-year gamble on him. We think he's learned enough. We think he's come along enough that we're going to pay him that fifth-year option and then go from there. It's It'd be a lot of money, and it, basically he would have to improve by leaps and bounds. And like you said, sort of in an unprecedented way, at, at a level that really... You know, and you mentioned Alex Smith. He's probably the best comparison for a guy that was really terrible early on and then improved later. Um, so it, it's the odds of that happening are, you know, if, if we're looking at history, slim to none. But I think that's what it would take. He would have to really blow their doors off to get them to say, let's pick up uh, year number five once Aaron's gone. Glenn should also say that the Jets would have to make a decision on that fifth year option by next May. I can't right. see a scenario where Zach Wilson would have done enough for the Jets to pick up what would be a $20 million 50-year option by next May. So I don't think that's even in the cards. The only thing you could say is if Rodgers came in for a year, maybe Wilson could play in his fourth year. If Rodgers comes in here for two years, then maybe Zach Wilson is somebody that they try to bring back once he's a free agent, but I can't see any way that the Jets are picking up that fifth-year option. Next question comes in from Mike Derevjanic. He asks, if the Jets move on from Corey Davis, who might be a few of their targets via trade or free agency? Although Wilson and Moore are talented, the Jets do seem to need a bigger target as well. I'm not all that worried about who's big. I think you can build a really good offense with guys that fit the system and are able to produce plays after the catch and run good routes. One of my favorite wide receiving cores the Jets ever had was referred to as six feet under. It was Lavernius Coles, who was 5'9", Wayne Corbett, who was 5'10", and Santana Moss, who was 5'9". If you get players like that, it's fine. As far as moving on from Corey Davis, Glenn, you and I have talked about this. I'm not so sure that's a great idea, and it's not because Corey Davis is awesome. He's not without his flaws. He's missed quite a few games with injury. And he hasn't quite been exactly what they were hoping for, but releasing him would only save $10 million. When you look at the wide receiver market, I don't know that you're going to get a replacement for less money than that. You'd probably have to pay more money to get a similar quality receiver. People have talked about Alan Lazard simply because of the Aaron Rodgers connection if the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. But Glenn, we just looked it up. Alan Lazard made $4 million and his spot track projection in free agency is $12.5 million. So you'd actually be paying more money for a guy who is at best the same level of receiver as Corey Davis. I think if the Jets release Corey Davis, what's more likely to happen is they would give somebody else more looks that's currently on the roster. They might go with a younger guy with some upside who didn't get a lot of playing time on another team that might cost them a little less money. Or, and this is another potentially likely scenario, they go into the draft and pick somebody in the third, fourth round to fill that spot. So I think if they get rid of Corey Davis, going into the free agent market, you're not going to be seeing very many names that you've heard of unless it's just a situation like Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb where if Aaron Rodgers comes in and he just says, give me one of these guys and they do it to placate him. Beyond that, if they get a free agent, it's probably going to be a guy that you don't know all that well because of the price. Otherwise, you're going to end up paying more than you're paying for Corey Davis. Yeah, that, that's something where you and I are in lockstep. And I, I'm sure I mentioned it in an article or several weeks ago saying, you know, for with what has happened with the wide receiver market, you're not going to get a better deal than you're getting with Corey Davis. And I think it was actually midseason where I, I said one of the silver linings to, you know, he was kind of having a little slump. And I thought the silver lining here is that if he... If he had himself a great year, he'd probably be approaching the team about a pay raise and say, look, other guys are making 28, 29 million like at wide receiver. Now I'll make an 11. So now with it, you know, bringing him back, 
you're not going to have to pay more for a similar production, like you said, with a guy like Lazard. And I think that with what's happened with receivers, with this the explosion in the market, I've always been someone who said, you know, don't you know use your early picks on your edge, your tackles, your quarterbacks. Um, but I think receivers are in that conversation now because they just make so much damn money that you can't afford to have a couple of good ones because they're going to want sixty million at some point, you know, combined. So I think a, a midday pick, absolutely at receiver, and I, I think cutting Corey Davis just financially doesn't make sense. And it's this isn't the old Jets where there's not another, you know, back when Robbie Anderson was your number one receiver. Like you now have other weapons where, you know, you, you're going to get enough out of Garrett Wilson. Presumably, we're going to see Elijah Moore resurrected with a new offensive coordinator, and you've got Conklin. Hopefully, Rucker takes some strides. You're going to have Brees Hall. Like you're not you're not bringing in a guy who you're going to rely on to carry the offense. You just need another another complementary piece to take part or to join what you've already got. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Michael Palace. He asks, if the Jets fail to get Aaron Rodgers, is it possible that they turn to a different quarterback that worked extensively with Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, Jordan Love? I've talked about this possibility before, Glenn. I think the Jets are probably going to be looking at Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not sure it's in that order, but I think those are the three top names. If they're unable to get one of those three, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded, if the Packers ultimately decide they don't like the offers or they sit down with Aaron Rodgers, they hash this out and decide they'd rather keep Aaron Rodgers, if that happens, then if you're the Jets, I think as far as the remaining options, calling the Packers and asking about Jordan Love would make a lot of sense, especially with Hackett here now. You know that Hackett helped develop Jordan Love. There's a familiarity there. Jordan Love has looked good in flashes, especially last year in the second half when he came in against the Philadelphia Eagles. He's only 24 years old. He's six foot four, 220 plus pounds, very athletic, can move in and out of the pocket, make throws on the run. He fits exactly what the Jets scheme would be. And I think he's a much higher upside swing than anybody else that the Jets could potentially get, not counting a pipe dream like Lamar Jackson. So if they don't get Rodgers, they don't get Carr, and they don't get Garoppolo, and Rodgers ends up not getting traded, I absolutely would call the Packers about Jordan Love if I was Joe Douglas because I think of the remaining options, he's the most likely to A, actually give you positive results, and B, possibly be a long-term solution. Yeah, I think that nothing you said about love is incorrect. The only caveat to me, and it's not so much to do with him, is I and it's the same as same feeling I had with the coordinator. And I think the reason they keep saying they're going to get a veteran quarterback, I don't think they're in position to go with an unknown at quarterback um, or or coordinator. So they got an experienced coordinator. And I now listen. If you tell me they like once we know they miss on those guys, absolutely. Because what's what's the next tier? Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. Like you may as well go with a guy who's got the pedigree of a Jordan Love, first round pick. He's worked with with Rodgers, Hackett. He's he's seen a successful offense operated. So while he would be a little bit, he he would enter that unknown category. You can make the argument that his unknown is greater than the known of the guys behind him. Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying, Glenn. If they strike out on those guys and Aaron Rodgers ends up staying in Green Bay, to me, even though he's a relative unknown compared to the known quantities that would still be left, what you know about those guys is that they're not going to be able to be good enough to do much for you. So you might as well get Jordan Love, who is an unknown, but 
has spent three years in the NFL, so it's not like he's just some kid they're drafting out of college. He sat and learned for three years, which is what a lot of Jets fans think Zach Wilson should have done. Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Many of us wanted to see the shiny new toy when he got drafted in 2021, and that's the push and pull, because if he's not ready, you want to sit him, but then there's always the pressure to play him, especially if things aren't going well. But the point is, Jordan Love has sat and learned and developed in the exact system that the Jets run. So if they can't get one of those three guys and Rodgers stays in Green Bay, that would be the move that I would try to make if I was Joe Douglas. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He asks, I'm sure I'm late, Scott, but why do you think Salah hired Hackett? Safe choice because he knows him. Is he staying with the LaFleur circle? Is it because of Aaron Rodgers? Does he think Hackett is actually good? Help me make sense of this. I think what it really boils down to, Glenn, is what we talked about on the show Friday, which is there's a familiarity there because Hackett worked with Robert Sala in Jacksonville. Hackett was one of the few names on the list. In fact, I think the only other one was Clint Kubiak, who had NFL play calling experience for more than one year. Chad O'Shea called plays for one year in Miami during the tank year. But Kubiak and Hackett were the only two on the list that I'm aware of that had significant years of play calling experience. Hackett running the exact offense that the Jets were already running means that they don't have to transition their talent and make any kind of major shakeups. The Rodgers connection, everybody I think is making way too much of that. Yes, absolutely. It could help the Jets if Rodgers is definitely available. If the Packers and Jets were to agree to a deal, it would certainly ease Rodgers' mind about coming in because there's a guy here who he's already familiar with and comfortable with. But I think it's more the other things that we just talked about, the experience as opposed to Mike LaFleur, who didn't have any experience, or a lot of the other names that were on this list of guys they were interviewing this time around. And as we pointed out earlier in the mailbag, Glenn, the good thing about this system that Hackett runs is that it wouldn't just apply to Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr did his best work in the West Coast style system. So he fits perfectly if that's the road the Jets take. Jimmy Garoppolo also fits very well in a West Coast system. So this works for him if he were to come in and be the Jets quarterback. So I think it's those reasons that was Salah's thinking. Is it a good idea? We could debate that till the cows come home, but the proof will be in the pudding one way or the other. Exactly. And I think, you know, I know I sound kind of like a broken record, but um, I really just think it it boils down and you touched on it. It boils down to bringing in an experienced guy. And obviously it doesn't hurt, you know, in in Salah's mind, obviously he liked the idea of somebody he was familiar with. Uh, We talked about how he had, you know, he had discussed um, Hackett prior to the Jets Broncos game this past season. And uh, and and Salah sounded genuine when he was discussing uh, the way he respected how Hackett ran his offense, despite the results they were having with Russell Wilson. So I think uh, Hackett obviously, I'm sorry, Salah was obviously being genuine when he said he liked the way Hackett did his job. And uh, now that he's, you know, a step down from that head coaching role where things didn't go well in Denver and back in a spot where he's he's had some success and, and Robert Salah gets a guy who, A, he's comfortable with and B, has has shown that he can get it done at the NFL level. Now, has he gotten it done as consistently as you'd like? No, he hasn't. But uh, you know that that's what you get when you're when you're hiring a coordinator. There, there, you won't you don't have a plethora of 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 top five offense coordinators. You know, looking for jobs. Next question comes in from Nate Simi, nineteen seventy three. He asks, "I know you're not big on uniforms, but there has to be a reason that the Jets only wore the green jersey once and didn't wear the traditional home uniform since mid last season." 
Does Woody Johnson not like them? Was he involved in the redesign? Glenn, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea. I have zero thoughts on this. You got anything? No, I, I say all the time, um, you know, to each his own, but the uniform combos, the uniform, it's, it's. I mean, listen, as long as it's not a complete disaster, like where it looks like, like if it's, if it's not the worst looking thing I've ever seen, I'm not going to notice it. And I don't notice it on Sundays. I'm always shocked when people can tell me what record the team had with what uniform combination. I, I couldn't begin to tell you. Next question comes in from NY Sports Fan. He says, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in the Jets announcement tweet on their official Twitter about Nathaniel Hackett, his picture is not from his Broncos tenure. I did not notice that, but that's kind of funny. He also asks, are the Jets still getting a senior offensive assistant? Robert Salas said that that's the plan, that they still want to get somebody to be in Greg Knapp's old role that they never filled. Who that would be, I have no idea. I thought there would be less a sense of urgency to do that with somebody as experienced as Hackett, but apparently they want to copy that model, which is prevalent in a lot of organizations. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the thought process behind not using a picture in Denver is probably because the idea is to get a picture of somebody smiling. Um, <laughs> so, so that would have ruled out any pictures of Hackett in Denver. And um, as far as a senior offensive assistant, I, I like it. I like having, uh, you know, I don't think it's as necessary with someone who's done it. But um, I still think another voice in the room who uh, who you think can help balance out and, and help think things through. I, I don't have any problem with that. And as you said, there are more teams doing that. Next question comes in from Sean Stalker. He says, in hindsight, was the Brees Hall injury a blessing? What I mean is Brees Hall was probably good enough to propel the Jets into the playoffs and a potential year three with Zach Wilson as the presumed starter. Are the Jets better off long-term knowing Zach Wilson isn't the guy right now, improving the QB, and missing the playoffs, perhaps losing the battle but winning the war? This is a valid question. I think Brees Hall probably would have been good enough to get the Jets into the playoffs. All they would have had to do was win those two Patriots games, and that would have done it for them. Unfortunately, Brees Hall got hurt. They missed the playoffs, and that's when Zach Wilson really got exposed because, Glenn, we knew what the plan was going in. It was to have Brees Hall run behind that line, use him as the primary weapon, and then have Zach Wilson be a guy who was the Jets' version of Jimmy G, so to speak. Just competently operate the offense, let him improve in year two, and then hopefully in year three he starts to really blossom. That plan blew up as soon as Brees Hall went out because then we saw that Zach Wilson was just not capable of being that level of quarterback right now. Will he ever get there? I don't know, but certainly he's not there at the moment. In the long run, maybe this was a blessing because if Zach Wilson wasn't going to be the guy, better off that the Jets find out now when they have a window where they can actually do something as opposed to spinning their wheels with Zach Wilson, who if he didn't improve would have hampered the Jets for a significantly longer period of time. So would have been nice to see the Jets in the playoffs, but you may be right, Sean. Perhaps the Brees Hall injury, at least from that perspective, is a blessing. It's not a blessing in the sense that now Brees Hall has to overcome an injury and hope to come back at 100% or close to 100% of what he was last year, which is absolutely not guaranteed. Yeah, it's a really good question and a really good point because who knows that, you know, if the offense would have played at a higher level, which you assume they would with Brees Hall, maybe that does save Zach Wilson, you know, and then you kind of drag things out another year. Like the opposite of that, I remember when Adam Gase, when they won, what, four out of five or five out of six that down the stretch in that second year. Um, and I thought to myself, because, you know, I, like you from day one, I didn't like the hire. And I thought, you know, it's fun to win, and I hope this is the turnaround. But if it's not, this is just going to drag this guy's tenure out for another year because he's going to buy himself a little goodwill. Um, obviously, he did end up bombing, and and maybe Zach will end up being a, you know, not making it as a pro quarterback. And the, the Brees Hall injury may have sped that up. 
That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there. That's all on our YouTube channel right now, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out so if you can go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com